everybody, John Finn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. I uh, hope you'll visit our website, sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching that comes out every Friday, uh, U.S. time, and also my e-newsletter, my monthly newsletter that comes out, uh, usually middle of the month. And uh, it's in there in the newsletter that put prophetic things of what the Lord is saying to the body of Christ and, and about world events. And also in the headers between my weekly thoughts and the e-newsletter, that's where we put our, when we have our Zoom meetings, our web meetings, when our, we have in different conferences, gatherings, etc. So that's the place. It's very rarely, you, you won't find meetings posted on our website or anything else like that. You will find articles, videos related to house church and other teachings. Uh, so visit our website, cwowi.org. Today, uh, sharing something that I, I really was, um, it's one of those visitations that I had uh, with the Lord that, that was longer in duration, but what he's prompted me to do today is just share the beginning of that and then emphasize one particular element of what he's saying as it, as it relates to us today. It's really prophetic in nature and hopefully a wake-up call for the body of Christ. It goes back to about 1989, 1990, uh, more than 10 years before the Lord started dealing with me about church in the home. At that time, I was a pastor of a church in Southeast Colorado. Uh, I hadn't really studied church history to know that, you know, Paul was an apostle who was doing church in the home, writing his letters to church in the home, to people who were doing church in the home. I didn't know that Matthew through the revelation was to people celebrating the gathering of the saints in the homes. Uh, you know, I didn't know any of that, but the Lord had, had started appearing to me. And, uh, typically I'd pray at night or Barbara and I would pray. She'd go off to bed and I'd stay up and then I'd be in the spirit and the Lord would come walking over to me. And this is one of those cases. Um, those who've known me visit, uh, visited our website. You, you'll, you'll, you'll know my, my walk in that. Anyway, he said, I want to, I want to teach you how I start and shut down churches. And with that, uh, he said, when I start a church, an angel is assigned to it. And I said, uh, Lord, I need chapter and verse on that. And he said, you've read my, my messages to the seven churches of Asia. I said, to the angel of the church at. And he explained, you know, basically Revelation 120 says that the candlestick is the church and the, the angel is who he's talking to, the angel of the church at, giving the spiritual atmosphere, the spiritual message, the spiritual theme uh, to what he's saying to the church. And and I, I interrupted right there, right off the bat. I interrupted him. I said, Lord, I said, I said, like I said at the time, I didn't know the history as, as well as I do now that the first 300 years was church in the house. So I interrupted him and I said, you know, some commentators say this is the pastor. This is the, the, the lone minister, you know, who's, who's in charge of the flock and that you're really talking to the pastor. You're really talking to the minister of that church. And the Lord said, no, it is as it, as it's written. I, I was speaking to the angel of the church at because that uh, that message indicates the flow and the purpose to each individual body. And then I, I broke in again. I said, yeah, but but what about a plurality of elders here? Maybe, you know, back in those days, it was husbands and wives and couples and singles who kind of guided things. And and maybe this is like the elder board or the presbyter, presbyter presbytery, you know, stuff like that. And, and anyway, I kept this up two or three times. And finally, it was like, it was like his flames became like, like a, a stove, like a gas stove that lights up suddenly or, or throwing gasoline or something on a fire and just rushes up like that. His eyes became flames of fire. And he looked at me and he said, I'm the one who wrote the book and I'm telling you what I meant. I said, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. Okay, okay, uh, I, I'm sorry. He said, it's okay. And he went on to continue teaching. When I started church, I assigned an angel to it. 
And he went on, and, and I'm condensing this 40-minute visitation here and just pulling certain elements out. But he went on and he said this. He said, if something happens in that church and I want to shut it down, I will I will remove that angel, reassign it. And and he said this. He said, um, he said sometimes he said, uh, and I was asking, okay, when, you know, what are the circumstances that you would shut down a church? And he said sometimes there can be a moral failure, financial failure, something happened in the congregation, and they've lost their way, and or they've gotten into sin, uh, much like in in what he talks about in the book of Revelation, and uh, where he's threatened Ephesus with removing its candlestick, in other words, shutting it down. Um, and anyway, and and so. Um, he said, but he said, and I'll reassign that angel. He said, but my people will oftentimes continue to attend, continue to go there. They'll continue to have services. And he said, but because they are ignorant, he said, I will bless them to as much as I can because they don't know what's gone on, what they're ignorant of what has happened. And he said, I'll bless them to the extent that I can, but they will recognize that, that the Father's presence is not there any longer. And this is where I got my definition of the anointing. And I, I asked her, I said, what? I said, yeah. I said, it's, you know, when you go into a church, you, I, and I had different memories of, of churches that I'd been to where it just did not feel right. It was like they were doing the right things. They were saying the right things, but it just wasn't there. And, and so I, and so I was thinking of a couple of them in particular. And, you know, and I said, yeah, I said, what is that, 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 that manifest, or, or, you know, that anointing. And he said, you could define the anointing as the manifest presence of God. And I was like, yes, that's it. The manifest, meaning I'm aware of it. I feel it. I sense the Holy Spirit here that is saying, yes, I have ordained this church to exist. And, and so, and, and, and I, in my memory, I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. I've been in churches before where, you know, they're going through the motions. They're saying the right things, but it's like they're washing their feet with their socks on. You know, it's like they're, they're doing the right things, but it's just not quite right. And, and I've been to churches like that. And it's like suddenly it explained to me why I'd been to fellowships and churches and things where I, I, I didn't feel the overall anointing of the Father. I didn't feel the, the overall, you know, stamp of approval, so to speak, of that church. And, and, you know, they, they speak the word, they have worship and everything, but something's just not off. It's like that explains so much. The element for today along those lines is what's happening in the body of Christ, especially over the last six months in the U.S. in particular, but it's happening all over the world. And that is that, that the strife that is in the world is creeping into churches and more importantly, the individual relationships. Friendships are being broken. People who are of a particular political slant are breaking off their friendships. I'm talking about Christians, breaking off their longtime friendships with Christians who don't agree with them politically. Theologically, they don't agree with them theologically, so they're ending friendships. And the point that the Lord brought for me today to share has to do with the, the prioritizing, the value that we place on our friendships. That in the same way we would go into a church and we look for the manifest presence of God, that we look for his presence. We look for that, the, the realization that God's presence is here. Maybe the children's church isn't for me, or maybe it's the worship isn't quite for me, but the message is good. Or maybe it's not the message, but it's the worship. Or maybe I don't care about that. I'm using children's church as a babysitter and I can get 90 minutes of rest while my kids are off in children's church. Whatever it is, you're looking for something higher, not just what bears witness to you on an individual program level, but you're looking for a witness that says God is a part of this organization. God is here. 
And that manifest presence is what we should have when we consider our friendships in the Lord individually. That, that what has happened in so much of the, the cases is that the, the strife of the world in the political theological realms and what's happening in society, racially and everything else, it's all, it's, it's been allowed to creep into church services. You know, I don't find anywhere in the scripture where when the saints gather together, they discussed politics. I don't see anywhere in scripture when they gather together that they discuss the things that divide them. One of the things we always say in Church Without Walls, CWOW, as, as we call it, CWOW, Church Without Walls International, um, what, one of the things I always say is leave your pet doctrines at the door. Leave your politics at the door. Leave those things at the door so that when you walk into that person's home to, to the gathering of the saints where Christ is in them and Christ is in you and you're there to learn about the discipleship process and growing in him and, and whether it be by revelation or teaching or worship or prayer or whatever the case is, you leave the rest outside. You focus on what is what you have in common in Christ. That is the mark of a Christian who elevates the presence of God as being more important than a doctrinal difference. It, it, it's a person who shows the maturity that says, you know what, I don't care. We come from a different socioeconomic background, a different racial background, different education background, different life experience background, different political background, different theological background. It doesn't matter. I'm perceiving God's grace in you. Galatians 2.8, where Paul said, when Peter, James, and John perceived the grace in me and Barnabas, they gave us the hand of fellowship and agreed they would go minister to the Jews, we'll go minister to the Gentiles. They perceived the grace and they gave the hand of fellowship. Galatians 2.8, that's what it's about. And and so we should step up. We should be have the maturity that in the same way we would walk into a church service and look for the presence of God. Am I sensing the presence of the Father here? Am I sensing not just his presence in the worship or his presence in a message or his presence in children's church? Is there an, uh, is there an overriding anointing, a, a, a presence about this church or this service that I sense that God has his stamp of approval? Even though it's not perfect, he still ordains for this church to exist. In, in going back to that visitation, is there an angel? Is there a representative? Is there a, a presence of God here that says, yes, that I have a divine purpose for this body? We should do the same thing for our relationships, our friendships. We should say, do you have Christ in you? Do I sense God's presence guiding your life? The, the zeal, the, 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 the heart that you have for the Lord is the progression there in your growth in Him. Instead, so many of the people are not stepping up to that level of maturity and they're falling back and they're saying, I'm judging you. I'm having fellowship with you based on your political view, based on your theological view, based on your socioeconomic or whatever society is calling for nowadays. They're letting the spirits of the world creep into the relationships in Christ. That's a, that's a, that's a sin. That's a blasphemy. That's a, that's a, that's a degradation of what is sacred and holy that we're going to know each other for eternity, folks. You're, you're going to know that person that you just unfriended, that you just broke away of fellowship with, that you just decided not to have any more contact with because of theological, political, socioeconomic reasons, whatever reasoning you have, you're going to know them in, for 200 years. You're going to know them in 500 years. You're still going to know them a thousand years from now. That We sing Amazing Grace 10,000 years from now. I'll have no less cause to sing his praise. And yet we toss our friendships aside based on theology, theological differences or political differences or socioeconomic or whatever culture is telling us to think. And it's really a person who is just like 
like a Bugs Bunny cartoon for those who've seen it, where Elmer, where Bugs Bunny gets Elmer Fudd to chase Daffy Duck around a tree in a blurred circle, and Bugs Bunny steps out and starts chomping on his carrot, just watching the fun. And that's what Satan is doing. He gets people going round and round that tree, and then he steps out and laughs at their immaturity, that they can be so focused on politics or theology or whatever difference that they have, instead of focused on Christ in me, the hope of glory. That trumps everything else. That is greater and bigger and better than anything else in your life. And so Christ in me, the hope of glory becomes the focus. Leave the differences at the door, folks, and, and, and focus on Jesus in me, Christ in me. Um, my, oh my, there's so much happening and going to happen in the body of Christ. The, the times are coming, folks, and now are where we need each other. You need to have those relationships and you need to step up. And instead of saying, oh, this church doesn't quite do it for me, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. This church doesn't quite do it for me. You need to go there and say, is the presence of God here? And if so, I can put up with you know, a poor children's church or the, the, the worship bothers me or the kids bother me or these adults bother me or it's for people here are a different season of life. You know, I'm a younger generation. They're all older. Whatever the differences are, you can lay all that aside if you can just answer this question. Is the manifest presence of God here? Is the anointing on this group? Is there a divine purpose to this group? If so, make that your priority and the rest won't matter. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Everything else will be added to you. That's the priority. So I hope that's a blessing to you. I hope that part of the visitation is a blessing to you that you reprioritize so that you know that, that, that looking for his presence in a relationship is greater than anything else. And, and be a big enough person to lay aside political, theological, socioeconomic considerations just to say, you know what? I value you as a person. I value our friendship. I value the many years that we've spent together. I value this time. Can we refocus on Jesus and what he's doing in our lives, on Christ in you, Christ in me, and let's carry on in our friendship? That's stepping up. That's what Paul writes about in Colossians 4, you know, or Ephesians 4, you know, 13, 14, 15, till we all come in the unity of the faith. How? By stop being children tossed to and fro by the slightest wind of doctrine that comes down the pike and the slight of man, of man. And we leave that aside to rise up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. So, and then we will find that unity. But it's up to us to lay aside the differences, to focus on what we have in common and who we have in common, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, hope that's been a blessing to you. Visit our website. The days we're living in, folks, are serious. If you if you have any sense at all in the spirit, what's going on, you know things are going down in the world, but you can sense that seriousness in your spirit that the times are getting serious. So react to that. React to that. Step up to where you should be in Christ and let the rest lay aside to focus on those people who have God's presence in their life who are progressing in him in the discipleship process and gathering yourselves together with those where you can say, yeah, God's here for sure. God has a divine purpose to this body gathering together. I want to be a part of that. Instead of making a spiritual island to yourself, to separate yourself, to just repeat the pattern, just like the shampoo bottle instructions, lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat, break that pattern in your life, step up, grow up, and 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 focus on God's presence is here. Therefore, I can learn. I can grow as a human being. All right. Talk to you later. Hope that's been a blessing.